In a world gone mad, only rationality and common sense can save it. It's Andrew and Jerry Save the World with your hosts, Andrew Langer and Jerry Rogers. And now, here's Andrew and Jerry. Well, hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Andrew and Jerry Save the World. Episode 43, Andrew and Jerry Handle Your Baggage. I'm I'm yes. one of your hosts, Andrew Langer. Jerry Rogers. And uh, yeah, we are, we listen, uh, recording this a little bit earlier. Than, oh, by the way, Gerald, your uh, new episode of uh, the- Oh, it's Jerry Rogers. I've been waiting to see this thing. Yes, it's it's up. Um, I, I will send you the link. I need to tweet out about it. Uh, Jerry, uh, join me on the Federal Newswire's Lunch Hour podcast or Lunch Hour with the Federal Newswire. Um, and uh, and it was it was good. Yeah. So we recorded it. We literally recorded it right after the midterm elections. And yes. you were at the leading edge of sort of coming to terms with what had happened. Let me start here. Are, are you following in all this story out of the talking points memo? about January 6th. Have you seen this yet? Um, I've you seen have, lots of stuff on January 6th. This 6, is the but... latest one. They're doing a, a, a deep dive into all the people who texted Mark Meadows. I, I guess you don't have to have seen the story to have said yeah, this. I mean, the, the Mark Meadows text was an earlier story in this whole J6, uh, J6 um, investigation. Let me this... say two things. Let me say two things about this and, and then make your point. Number one, I truly wish that this was it's not it would have been better for us if this was an actual investigation right uh, it, it turns out it's a partisan clown show number two earlier in the in the j6 show trial they tried to make hay out of the text messages received by at the time chief of staff mark meadows and i remember saying to you on air or or the podcast at the time that these text messages to Meadows proves that it wasn't a conspiracy that people would not have been texting him. Where's the president do something about this. What's going on. This is, these are, this is a, 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 the, the story is about the text trail of various members of Congress voicing a series of legal theories in response to you know, legitimate concerns that people had about the election. I guess this is the point that I that I that I raise with this, and and you know, and it's it's there are lots of there are thirty five different members of Congress who were apparently texting Mark Meadows, and, and I want to I want to pull it back because you know it's one of these situations. I think about this in the context of hindsight being twenty twenty. I think of it in terms of the context, you know, of of um, of uh, accountability. One of the phrases that comes up quite a bit is. Uh, advancing thoroughly debunked theories about the election being stolen. And, you know, I am, I am, I, I, people seem to forget that there was genuine confusion uh, in the weeks after the election and, and, and had it happened and legitimate concerns, incidentally, about what had transpired during the election, especially the changes to election law that had ensued afterwards, legitimate questions that were out there. Again, when at the time back between election 2020 and January of uh, 2021, one of the things you and I had talked about was this idea of the time frame being so compressed between the election and the ability to investigate any kind of claims into the election. Yes, and and you know, I, I can't... although although that's 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 the name of the game, though. In, in other words, 
the Trump the Trump campaign had a limited time right uh, to make court challenges to go uh, and find legal remedies to what they thought uh was a rigging or states changing the rules and once the buzzer went time was up and that was the mistake Trump and his and his allies made and that is um there was a period but once the state certified and once these things uh, started to hit certain uh, important dates it was over and Trump should have said it's or, over. Yes. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to engage the transition and we're going to come back in 2024 and we're going to clean your clock. Here is my point in all of this. So we had an election in 2016. We had a foreign government meddling in the election in 2016, buying Facebook ads, sowing dissent, uh, you know, trying to turn people against one another. For the next four years, we we had all kinds of claims being made about the president, claims that were later debunked, but are still being talked about. You do not have uh, any kind of an investigation into by journalists or, or anyone else about text messages between members of Congress, either A, about not certifying the 2016 election, or B, the continued conversations that people had about accusing the president of the United States about being a foreign asset. We then have another election in which there was more foreign interference. And I'm going to say this. We now know that at least two of the January 6th uh, rally organizers had received large sums of money from in cryptocurrency from people in, in nations other than the United States for the purposes of putting on that rally, which to me suggests election interference. We know that there was other interference here. And I guess my question to you is, Jerry, does it make it better or worse? Yeah, we're calling balls and strikes. Does it make it better or worse for the scandal um, or the questions that are raised about January 20th if a whole host of Republicans were being duped by foreign governments who are giving money to operatives here in the United States to raise questions, uh, illegitimate questions about an election in which there were legitimate questions? Well, again, I know it's a weird. Well, I mean, this weird... is this is. I mean, look. I mean, you're trying to set this conversation itself shows how complicated sure. and layered the conversation is. Let me take a step back. Let me say a couple Please. of things. Number one, um, no one should be duped. You know, look. Um, I'm not a congressman. I'm not an elected leader. I'm not in a position of authority or 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 government uh, authority but yet you know how careful i am because i edit real clear policy because sure. i edit real clear health i get i get op-ed submissions on an hourly basis i get links linked to this linked to that and what i do is all do and I, i'm a staff of one sure i make sure that i investigate what is the venue who's the author because i don't want to post something or publish something, or link to something, and find out later this was a uh, uh, this was a bad actor. Now, why can't congressmen who are staffed, uh, who have access well, to information, why can't they do the same? Do I'm your even, due diligence. I'm not even just talking about congressmen, right? Because that, when there was a train that had, that had left the station, right? The, the old uh, Mark Twain adage is a lie rockets halfway across the world while the truth is still right. putting on its pants. 
So, you know, you have situations, you know, a good example is, is the Kraken conspiracy theory, right? And the Kraken conspiracy theory was being put out by folks who were legitimate conservative activists, including. Yeah, and, but the whole you know, thing, but that whole thing was a lie. Of course. No, this is, but no, but this gets to my point, right? Right. It is a lie. At and, some point, and, someone the, should have asked, what was the attorney's name? I, I don't remember which one. The, the, I mean, there was the, there was a the, Sydney the, the Powell. Woman. Yes, Sydney, Sydney Powell. Powell. Sydney Powell. Sydney Powell. Ellis, Rudy about, Kept on talking about the Kraken. Uh, we're going to break right. your mind with this news. It never happened. At some point, legitimate, responsible people have to say, this is nonsense. Sure. That, that was part of the problem. You know, look, in politics, you know this. Sometimes we just believe what we want to believe. Of course. And the right is uh, uh, guilty of that just as the left is. And unfortunately, uh, too many legitimate uh, leaders got caught up uh, uh, with the grifters and with the hangers on. You know, those who needed Trump to continue doing what he was doing so they could make a buck. Well, no, but and this is my my point in the end, because right, you say, well, people shouldn't have been duped. And yet... People were duped. And so I just I guess I keep coming back to this with with this idea of why, you know, why is it better or worse? Why can't someone can a, a member of Congress, I guess, cannot in 2022, you can no longer say, you know, something. The Russians interfered with the election and they tried to steer us in this direction. They 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 plot misinformation in our in our midst. And and this is this is this is the Russians fault. We can't do that, I guess, can we in 2022? I mean, what's the what's the point of it? Well, I mean, the the point is, right, if we're trying to move on from this and you have stories in Talking Points Memo that are trying to uh, essentially shame Republican members of Congress, especially true rock rib conservative Republican members of Congress, the idea that we can no longer say, you know, something in the same way that the left was duped by Russian intelligence through the Steele dossier and a host of other things that the Russians did to mess around in 2016, the Russians turned around and did the same to us in 2020. Um, and, look, and, and that way, it, to me, it shuts down the story. Yeah, but, but look, the bottom line yeah. for me is, is that and, and, and again, <clears throat> you're hosting this week on WMAL. I'm going to host my show on Sunday, my radio show, and then. I'm filling in this week as well. The bottom line is you and I do not speculate on the air because right. we're responsible. So my point is, is that even without knowing the specifics, the fact is members of Congress should not be out there just speculating. I, I, again, an, an example, right? Adam, Adam oh. Schiff, Adam Schiff has gone on the air. He still is uh, brought in by the Sunday talk shows as an expert. This guy promised us information, evidence beyond a shadow of a doubt that Donald Trump colluded with uh, Vladimir Putin to steal the 2016 election. He's still talking about that. And no one has asked him. Again, a simple Chuck Todd can ask him the question. Hey, by the way, Congressman, can we see this evidence? And, And this underscores the double standard, because that is the thing that the left then turns around and does to the right on a continuous basis. I, I, I guess I wanted to go down this just because it was at the top of my head as I'm sort of reading through stuff because the, the, the story the I, story was breaking. Yeah, but the bottom line, too, yeah. for me is I'm tired of, of relitigating uh, January 6th. He, again, it was a mob attack on the Capitol. It was right. horrible. Donald Trump should have done more in the moment to stop it. He, he was uh, acting 
uh, unpresidential leading up to it. Um, it wasn't a conspiracy. It was not an insurrection. It was not an armed attack on the United States of America. It was a very bad, shameful day of uh, right. frustrated Americans. Uh, and, 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 and if they broke the and law, this is, they should be punished. And this is the problem, of course, is, is that, you know, the issue gets raised and then and then we um you know we then have to we then spend time dealing with it right which is the whole intent of doing stories like a story about 35 republican members of congress you know having a text exchange with the chief of staff to the republican but why is that why is that even a story no no but no this is my point though it it, yeah we we turn around and we talk about it because it just sort of sticks in your head as you as you read these things well you know it also goes to what you and i have talked about and that is the 24-hour uh, seven day a week news cycle forces uh, news venues to come up with nonsense. I mean, again, my well, job is I was up at four o'clock, four thirty this morning. Sure, and uh, and I read, and I'm not joking. You're a, you're, I, a, you're a piker, Jerry. For those of us who were up before four. <laughs> well, again, I try to sit down at my computer sometime between five and five thirty, and I go through literally. Every single newspaper, journal, yeah. online, sub stack, you name it. I'm looking through it. I'm reading it. Most, most, I'm also skimming. My point is, is uh, that I find certain, certain days I'm going through the New York Times, Washington Post, but also uh, other venues. And I'm like, this is really the top this is, news. This is, yeah, but, and, and right. And you say, and you know where it's coming from. You know that these reporters are not really doing any work. No. What they're doing is getting press releases yes. or they're being invited to press briefings. And a lot of it is stuff. I yeah. think I think back when we were growing up back in the 80s, uh, when we didn't have 24 seven news, you know, before CNN launched and, and the cable networks and and, and the Internet uh, took off. I think a lot of stories that are literally front page stories would never if would sure. never have been in the news uh, uh, 30 years ago. That's probable. And, you know, and back when we also had had reporters covering local stories. Well, and local again, and that's another thing, like too, that. is local news used to matter more. Number one, number two, yeah. uh, uh, reporters were uh, or tried to be uh, tried to become expert in what they were covering. Sure. I mean, look, I, I, I had a meeting this week on Capitol Hill uh, with a group of of ostensibly, you know, leaders, those who are making policy and. And that sort of I would, thing. I would uh, be I would be very cagey and non-specific about this, but yes, go ahead. No, but but you know those involved in making policy, and I was uh, I was uh, taken aback. Is that a phrase? Yeah. Taken aback. Yeah, taken aback on uh, on the collective lack of understanding and uh, 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 lack of of knowledge, lack of how to communicate. Just well, I was I was struck by it's it. Actually, interesting you say that because one of the things we talked about on the air today was about Matt Taibbi, who is the reporter for sure. Rolling Stone. Well, according to according Rolling. to the Washington Post, he's a conservative journalist, right. which we all know that that's not it's not, it's, tr- it's not it's, true. It's, yes, it's it's it's, it's, it's nonsense. And what he that. is, and again, there are things, and I, I will I will <laughs> I will quote what what uh, Julie Gunlock said this morning, um, because I agree with this. There are things that Matt uh, that Matt Taibbi has written that I disagree with. Matt spent a lot of time in the twenty tens. Um, attacking uh, and investigating and attacking friends of ours. Um, but the point is what Matt Taibbi is, is he is conservative. I'm not, I'm sorry. He's not conservative. What Matt Taibbi is, Jerry, he's not conservative, but he's right. conservative. Not that, Matt, the, not, that, not that there's anything wrong, no, but, the point is it's, it, but, it, but it's a misnomer. What Matt Taibbi is, is he is curious. 
and he has a curiosity about the things that he is looking he at. He goes where the story takes him. Yes, exactly. Period. Yes. And that that is journalism. You don't walk into uh, covering something with a uh, with a with a firm narrative uh, already. And that's another thing too. Is it's interesting on right. it's, how how the media uh, will recast a story or a news item that does not that's contrary to the facts only because uh, they want to fit it into a narrative or worse. And we've talked about this uh, news stories that get dropped because they don't fit a narrative. It is the corruption. It's, it's, it's the same thing with the corruption of science and the scientific method, right? If it doesn't fit in their narrative, then it, then it is dismissed, whatever that narrative might be, you know, whether it's being driven by profits or being driven by ideology, it's, it's a real, it's a real problem. Um, You know, it's, it's funny. There is, a new award being put out by a, uh, a this is a conservative organization, a, 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 an organization dealing with academic freedom on campus. I've talked about the uh, the Lysenko, who was a, a Soviet agronomist. They're giving out Lysenko awards for people who are on campuses shutting down academic debate, which is good. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it's interesting you say that uh, just recently. Uh, there's been some uh, polling data, some uh, research done. And uh, it was posted up at Real Clear Policy. Uh, better than 60% of today's college students are terrified to open their yeah. mouths on campus. Yes. 63%, I think the number was. And again, right. that, that tells you uh, about uh, uh, the capture, the indoctrination. And let's be really young clear. People. It has nothing to do with what somebody might say and, and someone giving someone who's no longer feeling uh, like they have a license to be offensive or racist or bigot or whatever. No, this is this is to talk about policy issues, uh, uh, identity politics, uh, equity politics. As by example, this attorney at the major D.C. law firm who was they were doing a seminar uh, for women employees about the Dobbs decision. And and this lawyer partner, forty years at the law firm, forty years, four decades at this law firm, uh, you know, offers her her frank opinion about it, and and is fired for it. Essentially, right. it's the same thing on college campuses. You say one and it thing wasn't wrong. It wasn't. It wasn't something that she communicated in a way that was um, unprofessional or or um, or in any way blue. You know, she didn't use right. bad language. She just simply said that the Dobbs decision was rightly decided. Roe was wrongly decided. Uh, this is something that both liberals and conservatives have agreed uh, to this point for for forty years, and it's going back to the states. And oh. this is a and this is a good thing. And by the way, I am I have always been on. So this is the lawyer saying. By the way, I have always been uncomfortable with the fact that the fact, undisputed fact, that far more black babies are aborted than white babies. Yes, which yeah. again. You know, it, it, again, the great irony. I I talk about this on 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 the podcast, on my radio show, yeah. uh, all the time. That you know, I'm not sure about last year's numbers, uh, and and COVID uh, also kind of uh, uh, created a different dynamic. But the fact is, year after year after year in New York City, uh, more African American children were aborted right. than were born. Yes, that is a crisis. Right. I mean, again, we talk about equity and equality. And I'm uh, sorry, but if you're touting those numbers as successes, that's just, a problem. And if it. you're someone who was going to go to try to get somebody fired over repeating that fact, that's a problem. And, and so my point is you can you can have the most earnest um, um, uh, the most earnest outlook in the world 
and you say something, you express your opinion, an honest expression of your opinion, something which should have been open for debate and discussion, and you are no longer allowed to do that. And that's a huge issue. And, um, and, 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 and for this conversation, you know, I asked you off off air yesterday, you know, can we put the genie back in the bottle, so to speak, when it comes to uh, transgender issues, LGBTQ right. issues, when it comes to pronouns and language? Uh, we're at a certain point. And can we go back? And here's the interesting um, bit of that conversation we had. I'll mention it here. And that is, I think on these cultural issues, um, there's going to remain a remnant uh, who yes. refuse who refuse uh, to enter into uh, the uh, the fantasy land of the left uh, gen on gender issues on marital on marriage issues on sexual ethics uh, and again it's because it's because of of the the the, the tradition of religious liberty and faith in this country uh, it, it seems to me that people of faith, uh, have to have to have to toe the line and then hold the line. Well, I think there's that. I think some of this also has to do with confronting common sense and the 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 disconnect between what's being said and and reality. Now, I'm going to say this with a caveat. It's part of what Jerry and I were talking about yesterday, which is the effort on the part of educators and the ed and the public education class to indoctrinate kids. And and you know we talked about this on the air yesterday, which is a a, a math lesson. Uh, in which uh, there was a word problem and and the name of the child in the word problem was Alex. And instead of assigning Alex a gender, either him or her, boy or girl, they referred to them as as them or they. Right. And and th this is subtle, but the idea is to open up the open open up these kids to change their their language. And so it becomes a generational disconnect. So I, I say this. At the same time that, you know, as, as they're moving the language and changing the language, which is truly Orwellian, by the way, if you go and you read Orwell's 1984, the whole concept of the new speak dictionary is to not have the language for dissenting thought. That's a, that's a huge problem in, in the society. And, and this is exactly what the left is doing. Yes. That being said, I think everybody recognized that there is a cognitive disconnect between a normal human being and a 30-something male who looks kind of like Matt Damon with a bald head and a mustache wearing a cocktail dress. And, and people recognize, you know something? That's, that's not normal. There's something wrong with that. And again, I don't give a, I don't care what people do behind closed doors. You know, if if Sam Burton wants to dress up like a puppy and 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 engage, I, I role play that. I don't care what he does yeah, behind closed doors. You're correct. However, what's troublesome is if you and I had a conversation, uh, take any Fortune 500 company, and we're in the break room, and we're having a uh, having a legit conversation, not putting someone down, not using bad language, um, not being threatening in any way. But we had a conversation about Sam. Did you see Sam today? Yeah. Sam was wearing orange lipstick, high heels and a cocktail dress. Yes. Andrew, that's that's not good for the workplace. Right. Now, if that conversation was overheard, 
we would be reported to HR and most likely be fired or be forced into some kind of re-education training program. But that's where we are, where where it's no longer acceptable uh, to have a conversation about what's unacceptable. Right. And I'm going to say I'm going to say this, you know, for folks who are in large media companies uh, whose corporate corporate interests may have a problem with voicing your opinion about somebody like Sam Brinton, that this is a this is a hill to die on. This is a hill. Oh, to absolutely. Go out there I agree say, with that. Say, this is a and so, you know, something there is something fundamentally wrong with this. Plus, you know, so we had on uh, uh, somebody from the Daily Signal today um, about this story. You know, for those of you who don't know, um, I'm not going to put up a picture of, of Sam Brinton. I find the Sam Britton pictures. And I, again, I'm a hip guy. I, I even I find the pictures of Sam Britton to be a little more than a little disturbing. So he is he was a, already a controversial figure uh, going into a very sensitive position at the Department of Energy um, and controversial because, as Jerry points out, it's a bald 30 something man with a mustache, ginger mustache, uh, who wears lipstick and cocktail dresses and high heels Um um, and by the way, just again, just to clarify, a woman who dressed in some of these cocktail dresses in the workplace would be inappropriate. Well, that's absolutely that's true. another thing, too, is there's one thing to wear something to the club. Right. It's another thing to wear it uh, to your to your government job. Right. And even his cross dressing was inappropriate. Let's assume for a second cross dressing and trans uh i you know gender identity oh it's all great but still should you wear that dress yes because especially with that lipstick should you wear that again (laughs) so so the the question is if we can have if we can't have these conversations any longer i mean why bother getting dressed for the office period sure of course yes but but and so for I, those of you who I identify who as someone who's wearing clothes, Part of the even though I'm not we, wearing clothes. We called we called this show. We called this show. Right. Listen, that's a whole. By the way, that's a whole nother conversation about what constitutes something that we can challenge objective reality on and objective facts on and what we can't. But so so the reason why we're calling this uh, Andrew and Jerry handle your baggage um, is because this this person um, and I think he identifies as a he nothing that matters. We're going to call him a he for the purposes of this conversation. Um, why, why, why would you and I engage in that nonsense either? I, if, 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 if we for the Andrew and Jerry show, we should call men he and women she. Okay, period. I think that's a, I think that's fair. I don't want to so engage. He, he goes in the trans, he, so, uh, 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 you know, uh, Orwellianism. The first story. The first story comes down. Uh, Sam Britton shows up at, at National Airport to fly to Minneapolis. Flies to Minneapolis. Doesn't check a bag then goes and steals a bag, allegedly steals a bag uh, off of the, off the conveyor belt, a rather expensive piece of luggage. Um, And eventually is discovered by, you know, they figure out who it is. Um, They, they, they wind up matching passenger manifest. Who knows how the police find this out. They call him up. He says, no, I didn't steal the bag. Hangs up. And then he calls him back, says, you know something? I did steal the bag. And then he says (laughs) something really strange, which is, I stole the bag, but it was my clothes inside, or I don't have any clothes belonging to anybody else, which is weird. So that's the first thing. Then this past week, maybe even the last couple of days, a second story comes up. Uh, police in Las Vegas at the McCarran Airport, what's now a Harry Reid Airport, uh, they they had the same thing. So this guy has allegedly done this 
at least twice, probably more. Uh, I can make the joke that, you know, his wardrobe is now much better understood if you think that he just wears clothes that he gets from somebody else. Um, but apparently, Jerry, it goes further back because this the warning signs were there but long before this guy became an appointee. Well, at- maybe when he showed up for a job interview, when he showed up wearing a dress, that was a warning sign. Well, yeah, but that wouldn't be a warning sign to the Biden administration. That's the reason why he got hired. I mean, that's the thing about these identity politics. This is my point, is right. that there were flags being raised about this guy because of he had, I guess, had been involved in the anti-conversion therapy movement way back when. And even other anti-conversion activists were saying, hey, there's something wrong with this guy and his story. Things don't check out and he's not to be trusted. And despite the fact that there were news stories raising this as an issue when this guy was appointed, nobody listened because you know, it's ideology uberalis. You you mentioned this um this uh what's now widely accepted making illegal criminalizing um psychology psych- uh, psychiatric care um yeah. when it comes to gender uh, uh gender uh, issues and sexuality you know, issues yeah but think about this think about um someone who is gender confused and wants to go to a psychiatrist to talk out this issue the psychiatrist is not allowed in in many states uh, to have a frank uh, right. uh, science-based, medical-based conversation with his or her patient because right. it's illegal uh, to um, to convert someone uh, from uh, from gender confusion to gender certainty. If if I identify as trans, but I'm uh, unsettled by it, I the the medical provider cannot give sound medical counsel. This is, this is insanity. I I, I agreed wholeheartedly. And and as a growing movement too, which is very interesting, it's not conservative either of those who have transitioned, uh, those who have, uh, who have had operations and hormonal uh, therapy. And, and then they wake up at 35 and they have terrible regrets. See, and there's nothing they can do. Well, this is where I wanted to go with this, which is you have the story this week of the Navy SEAL um, from SEAL Team 6, who 10 years ago uh, transitioned and is now detransitioning. Um, this is my question, because you we talked yesterday, you and me, about the pendulum and, and it were merely the movement going and can we ever go back? And so I wonder, Jerry, as we have more of these outrageous stories, the Sam Brintons of the world or the army colonel who retired and announced, well, now I can live my life as a, as a, as a puppy or engage in puppy play more openly to the Navy SEAL who is, who is, you know, wanting to detransition to the other, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of people who are coming out and saying, you know something, I made a huge mistake. You don't possibly see some some light at in that tunnel in terms of things being able to change, or or again, has the indoctrination gone way too far, and 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 now we can't come back even if we wanted to. Uh, I I don't think we can go back. However, I think there will always be a remnant well, in our culture, in our political, in our political discourse, uh, who will hold to the truth, but. Look, I mean, but uh, even even if there is a even if there is a much greater movement, let's say that we hit a we hit 
let's say we hit a, a point where, right, we we know that these uh, sexual spectrum, you know, identifications are up, what, 600%. Let's say, you know, half of those folks decide down the road that they are going to uh, become, uh, you know, strict heterosexuals. Um, you know, you don't, you don't see that as a way of, of, of coming back from this. Now I look, what I think is this, I think that, and again, I'm going to be philosophical for a second. Uh, the, the human species, who we are, we're wired. Yeah. A, a creator made us and made us a certain way. And one way that we're made is to live in relationships, to live in community. You know, I told you this, I think the last podcast where those who suffer a trauma, yeah, uh, those who suffer trauma, it doesn't matter the nature of the trauma, big, small. Um, it's people recover from a traumatic experience if they have good relationships. Right. Those who don't have good relationships, uh, the trauma impacts them uh, negatively for their entire lives. Sure. My point in saying this is that we're wired to live in relationships. So where I, and, and there's a point to this, where I think we're going in terms of our public discourse on these issues is I think you're going to see, uh, you're going to see folks organize themselves differently in community. I think uh, we'll see, we're going to look, the history is returning to the first century. Um, if you go to first century Rome, uh, the the sexual ethics of first yeah, century you, Rome about this on the show is very similar to the sexual ethics of today, and the church, uh, and and the Jewish community, the Judaism and Christianity uh, were the two holdouts. Yeah, and uh, and I think we're going to see the same. I think we're going to see communities of faith uh, uh, drop out of drop out of society is the wrong word. I think you're going to see more uh, uh, homeschooling private schools you're going to see more uh business people entrepreneurs uh, uh engage in these communities as opposed to the broader the broader market i think we're going to see tribe again tribalism is also the wrong word we're going to see people it's going to be this we're going to see the grover norquist leave me alone coalition actually set up communities where they're left alone well, it's, that's it's, what it's, i think it's, it's the situation right the concept of you will you will be made to care and and i think you know it, there's some of this gets hastened right by the collapse of the collapse of the public school systems uh and more folks pulling them out uh it, it it gets hastened by the more ridiculous things go by the way i want to digress for a second um did you see uh, uh randy weingarten the head of the AFT. Sure, I know she is, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so let me come back to that in a second because I, I don't want to lose it. The, the point is, I, I think I think you are correct in some respects. It's cyclical. And, and you know, we're looking at, you know, Jerry's looking at the next, let's say, half century. Um, and we don't know what's going to happen well, with America in the next 50 years. You know, we talked about look, this a lot I'll, last week. And I'll just say again, um, your question I'll be better able to answer it in 50 years after the next two election cycles. Sure. Yes. So Randy, Randy Weigarten, the uh, head of the, uh, the uh, American Federation of teachers, the head, the head of the teachers. Union. Sure. She did an event with, uh, with um, the first lady, uh, Dr. Dr. Jill, Jerry, yes. um, Dr. Jill, who I, I, you know, like Whoopi Goldberg, I want her to be my doctor. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she said something which was fascinating that the Biden administration has done more 
uh, for America than the than the administration of FDR. That essentially has accomplished yeah. more. This is this is this is evidence of our failed public school system. Well, and she said, "I'm I'm a I'm a public school history teacher." Now, Julie yeah. points out, and I and I and there's a lot of folks. I thought you were going to go down the gallows humor route. That insofar as Joe Biden has done things to transform America, um, you know, there is you you, you could sort of. I'm not even that sure case. if that's true. Yeah, I mean, my goodness, uh, FDR. Uh, in a very literal way, tra uh, transformed America. You know, your um, parents are also part of the conservative New Deal coalition, right? Well, you know, my dad. My dad was yeah. born in '38, and uh, and and he was raised. Um, he was raised with a uh, you know an uh, admiration for FDR. Yeah. And, you know, and my father. You know, again, my father's viscerally conservative. He's a man of faith. He's a Christian. But also understands the importance of safety net and government action. Look, here's the thing: you and I aren't opposed to government action. What we're opposed to is government interference right. when the government crowds out the market, when the government uh, 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 expels from the public square the little platoons. That's right. what we're opposed to. And this is this was my point that I that I made, which is it's it, it, you know we are still. The fact that we still have institutions, whether or not it's government agencies or government programs, still on the books today, almost 80 years after FDR died, right? Um, that shows you how different the, the, different well, the consequences look, are. Social Security and Medicare. Right. Transformed America. Right. It took, it took what? 40 years to uh to you know, to finally get rid of the interstate commerce commission yeah which so, was, but, but yeah. here's the thing about about that comment about joe biden it betrays a unseriousness uh and right. again it betrays this idea that the left are zealots everything is religion for them i don't understand and for those who are listening why anyone would send their children to public school it it is a every public school everywhere uh is teaching a false religion right. period but it gets back to it it gets back to something we we've also talked about in in terms of the concept of you will be made to care in terms of the leave us alone coalition you know, most folks they they live their lives <clears throat> you know they they go to work they see they have fun with their friends they see their families not necessarily all in that order but they try to live their their lives you know you know in their own way and they're too busy and so for a lot yeah. of folks it's like well I'm, you know I'll send my kids to public school I'll show up on parent teacher day but you know everything else is just and that's not an indictment of parents it's just it's it's the way, yeah, but, it's the way but, things but, are but i think i think covid after covid the teacher unions kept the schools closed and the myriad abuse done to our children as a result of that, we will be feeling for the next two generations. Right. And we, and, and this is why you're seeing so many people getting involved in their local schools, which is the best, the best outcome of all of these things. Yeah, but even there, you know, I, I was talking to, uh, uh, again, it's, this is anecdotal, but I think sometimes these things uh, prove a, a broader point. I was talking to a young mother who's involved in the school board, who actually helped elect uh, a school board member who is more right of center, uh, more reasonable. 
But a, a lot of the school boards, local school boards, have to implement what what the state legislature passes. Well, yeah, there's there's that aspect. Right. So it. so in New Jersey, and, for instance, they, they've they've passed the state legislature has passed a very radical gender identity for the youngest grades, gender identity, trans uh, identity uh, curriculum, and no school board can stop it. Right. But I mean, but this is why elections matter in the end. I mean, those are with sort of we again, all of these things have to happen in so many things you and I have been talking about in the last few weeks. It's not an either or thing. It's not, you know, you have to do X at the sacrifice of Y. You sure. have to do X and Y. So you have to run good people for school board. You have to run good people for state legislature. I'll give you an example. It's out of Virginia this week, right? Which is that that you have a the situation in the Loudoun County schools where there was the student who was sexually assaulted by the transgender, supposedly transgender student. The school board tried to, uh, and the school administration tried to uh, cover it up. Um, so, so, you know, you have a, you have new people being elected to the school board. There's that aspect of it. Uh, you have the superintendent that got, uh, um, uh, suspended. Um, and, and now because you have a new attorney general being elected in Virginia, now the former school superintendent and the spokesman have been indicted. Good. Uh, you know, and, and so these are things that, you know, that, that have to change, but you know, you're right, Jerry, it, you have to have changes at the school board level. You have to have changes at the, the, the legislative level, the legislature, uh, and you have to have changes at the, uh, at the, right. you know, the attorney general level. And again, uh, you know, I'm not in a curmudgeon mood, but no, you're certainly not as curmudgeon as you were last. But week. however, let's look, there's the, there is the, the principle, there is the theory, and then there's the practice, right? Yes. And, you know, one thing that as I get older, I, I care more now about practical intelligence. Yes. Uh, here's here's the thing. Uh, New Jersey is not going to suddenly uh, change direction, uh, elect a more center, a center right legislature, elect a reasonable, moderate Republican governor, uh, and then school boards at the same time elect uh, center right, moderate uh, uh, school board members. Those things aren't going to happen, period, right. ever. It's done. So back to my uh, community, I think what needs to happen is uh, like, for instance, my parents go to a church uh, in North Jersey. Uh, it is a wealthy church. Uh, it has six or seven campuses. It has one of the largest community centers in the state. Uh, it, it, and in other words, it, it is a it is a network unto itself. Sure. Uh, what it needs to do is open up grammar schools and middle schools and high schools. What it needs to do is employ uh, uh, employ people and and be uh, and be uh, entrepreneurial in terms of of startups and and small businesses. Uh, that's how we're going to save America. Uh, we're not going to save America by electing a better legislature. We're going to save America uh, with entrepreneurs and small businesses and families and churches. Now, a lot of America won't choose that. Yeah. Um, but I think that's where we're heading. We're heading to uh, to a point where communities will take care of themselves and yeah. and 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 you're right uh, the, 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 they will still be made to care but guess what if you could work uh for the local business and not have to worry about working for a fortune 500 500 company uh, you'll be better off and i think and again and you know this and i know this in terms of just market capitalism free enterprise 
all net new jobs are created by small businesses and, right. and startup firms. Which so is, it's not yeah. So yeah. So we don't even so at some point, conservatives and Christians, people of faith, um, secular people who are conservative, we we can drop out. We can drop out of the larger culture and still live our lives and yeah. still stand up for what's what's right and wrong. I'm not saying drop out to the extent you become a a hermit. I'm saying that you got to live your life, protect your family, protect your business. You have to I mean start just start with education. Everyone take your kids out of public school. Start a homeschool pods. Every church in America should have a high school, grammar school and middle school. When my, when our parents grew up in New York what was the center of 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 what was the center of the community or the center of the neighborhood for the irish catholics it was no it, it was, it was the, the church oh, it was the church or, or no the the, listen but no. here's the church so you had a parish you had a church in that parish obviously and a lot of people owned businesses around the parish a lot of people sent their kids to the parish school sure, of course uh, grown-ups and 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 teenagers alike went to, to the parish social events. Uh, you had the entire community, even the pubs right. in the Bronx. If you went to uh, if you went to Mount Hope McAleer's pub, uh, you most likely also attended St. Margaret Mary's. Sure. So even the pubs. So the social life, the political life, the 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 religious life, the sports life, all the sports teams were parish CYO or or Catholic sure. high school teams. I think we should move back to that model of neighborhood, of of community, of rallying around small businesses and and little platoons and churches or or other or other houses of of of, of worship. You know, it's um um here we go. Oh, I see. This is this is from 2018. Nah, never mind. Um. Um, you know, I listen, it's funny you, you bring that up because it's the same Garrison Keeler talks about this in Lake Wobegon days uh, and his fictional community of, of Lake Wobegon, um, uh, Minnesota. You know, it's essentially the same kind of, uh, you know, the, the, the Catholics do one thing, the Lutherans do something else. Uh, yeah, um, the cat skills, uh, it's the cat skills. You had the Jewish cat skills and you the had Irish, the Irish cat skills. Cat, yeah, yes, of course. Right. But, but all based but, upon all based upon I, the neighborhood. My, my, point, my point in all of this was, you know, part of this, it's, it's interesting because the destruction, the destruction of the neighborhood gets into this. The, the transient nature of work gets into yes. this. Um, anyway, all of, well, all I mean, of look, these think things. Think about it. So Eric, Erica and I belong to a, a, a nice church. But frankly, the church is not the center of our community because our kids are involved in uh, parochial schools with sports. Yeah. And so our community is so dispersed yes. that there really is no community. Yeah. And I think, again, well, you, have I nobody, think, Jerry, you have nobody to go on couples dates with. <laughs> but I do think if we're going, <laughs> if we want to have an impact on the culture, I, by the way, I think. Uh, Breitbart, Andrew Breitbart was wrong. Okay. I don't think, I don't think politics is, is, is downstream from culture. If anything, the last 20 years taught us is no, the very opposite. What he's, what he's, but what he's saying is that because we lost what he, you know, what he meant was because we lost the cultural battle in the seventies, right? Sixties, late sixties and into the seventies. 
that you know planted its seeds and changed the politics. Yeah, you but know? see, I, I but see, I would make the argument like I'm making that that maybe we fought the wrong culture war. In other words, um, we ought to be uh, look. Well, that's why that's why I'm really interested, Dave. You and I've talked about you and I have talked about this. That's why I'm very interested in this movie that's going to be coming out about the 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 church that reached out to the hippies in the '60s in Southern California. The great G, the well, I don't know the name of the movie, but it's the Jesus yeah. movement. But but, yeah. but I, I think I'll find the name look, of the movie. I'll, I'll say this again. I say it too much. Yes, you do. I think the example on how to have a positive impact on the politics and the culture uh, is to go back to living in community. And what I mean by that is this, look, and I said this before, so I'm going to say it again. The first century, everything we're seeing today, we've experienced before uh, in terms of the debauchery, the, the, the decay, the violence, the crime, uh, the, uh, the breakdown of, of the family. It all happened. First century, first century Rome. And what happened was uh, this Jewish sect, uh, followers of Jesus, kind of lived unto themselves right. they formed their own communities their own houses of worship their own businesses their own schools and people started to realize wait a minute how come over there they take care of their sick right yes how come there's no homeless problem there why are their children so well educated and well adjusted why are their families so strong why are they wealthy why do they have resources they take care of each other and what happened was the church impacted the culture and the politics sure. uh, by forming community in America today. The, the great victory of the left is that it broke the neighborhood. Right. Right. Broke the neighborhood and, and, and spent 50 years denigrating organized religion. That's not to yeah. say that, and, you know, and, and the family and, yeah. and, and the traditional By the, way, the movie is family. called the Jesus revolution. It's coming out in February of 2023. It stars Kelsey Grammer and Kimmy Williams, who was in father of the bride. I'd um, like to see Kelsey Grammer back doing something. Yeah. And, and we'll, and we will, uh, you know, so we're going to try to get the filmmakers on. Hey, by the way, I want to shift gears. because I know we're, we're running short on time. We're trying to do a quick, quick show today. Watched. Uh, Janice was insistent on my DVRing, my TiVoing uh, Saturday Night Live this past weekend because it starred Martin Short and um, uh, Martin Short and Steve, Steve Martin. Martin. Yes, and they were pretty good, you know, when they were on screen. The rest of the show was absolutely horrible. From the opening monologue, I mean, it was it was it was so terribly bad. And then I turned around, and yesterday, um, you know, while my wife was doing work and I'm I'm doing some work on some stuff, we had on the TV uh, two episodes from 1991. Um, the first one was we only really watched the opening monologue of um, of the Kirstie Alley episode. She was the host. She had I guess had only been on Cheers for maybe a year, and all of the not all of them, but but in the monologue, all of a sudden Woody Harrelson, Ted Danson, Kelsey Grammer, and and um, um, what's his name? Not John Ratzenberger, the other one, um, the 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 fat guy, Norm. George went. George went. Uh, George went. All appear and they sing the the opening theme to Cheers, and it was really good, and it was it was it was very sweet. We watched the Macaulay Culkin episode, which was brilliantly funny. Well, again, why was it funny? Because 
its purpose was to entertain. Yes, it wasn't. Why? It wasn't why, about why, is the, why is the Daily Show, Trevor Trevor Noah, today? Why did he inherit? You know, 1.3 million viewers to squander it down to a couple hundred thousand. Why is Saturday Night Saturday Night Live um, uh, just not funny? It's because not because they're not talented, not because they don't have brilliant writers. It's because their their main purpose is no longer to entertain. Right. It's now to indoctrinate. It's a, yeah. I mean, well, okay, but here's the thing, right? I mean, again, we talk about this. Yes, Saturday Night Live's purpose was to entertain, but it's not as though they did not you know, regularly skewer whoever the leaders of, of the course. day were. But that's entertaining. Right. right. But, I mean, but you know something? It's actually, it's funny you say that because he, at its worst, I've got a tale of two different Saturday Night Lives. When, when you had that one season where it was Robert Downey Jr. and Anthony Michael Hall and someone <laughs> named Terry Sweeney and Randy yeah, yeah. Quaid. Uh, and yes, by the way, I've promised Jerry that I will watch Christmas Vacation this Christmas season. Um I it's on the- every day. Yes. It's literally on. I just Home Alone to- and I- Christmas Vacation are on. I-, I can go downstairs right now or right here, put my TV on. I bet you it's on somewhere. So, 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 yes, it's like the the Kane Hackman thesis in in PCU. Um, but the point is, they did they spoofed Ronald Reagan, and it was terribly unfunny. But when, but there's a great episode. I, I don't even remember the sketch. Well, again, just. Uh, the reason for it is because it was with contempt. Yes, yes, and this is and my that's point. why this it's not point. funny today that, because when, it's with contempt. When, when when you have, on the other hand, this great episode where or skit where it's Phil Hartman as Ronald Reagan, and on the one hand, Ronald Reagan is pretending to be a doddering old man, but then any time the public was away from his eye, he became this brilliant thinker, you know, and all of a sudden he gets on the phone with somebody and starts speaking Arabic. And he starts, you right. know, and he starts doing a well, complex I, math. I, I, you know, I, I, again, entertainment, unfortunately, today seems to be I, one of two things. It's it's it holds us, them, the other, their opponents in contempt. Right. And so therefore, when they make fun, it's just not funny. It's mean. But yes. also they affirm. Like like they affirm. Uh, the uh, trans movement yeah. they affirm and this is why you know uh, even guys like dave Chappelle uh, are having trouble because unless he's affirming the the proper things the proper narratives well then th- they won't accept him and this we, is a little bit of what paul riser and i right. were but uh, were talking and about somewhere now. in the middle like we should be able to make fun of each other but don't do it because we hate each other um, make fun of each other. Right. We don't even it's have to the agree. idea. It's the idea of of the roast. Hey, by the way, yes. I watched. I watched. That's very good. By the way, I watched Dean uh, Martin roast. Those things are still funny. Yes. Well, to an extent. I mean, I think the 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 Friars Club ones and the Comedy Central ones are are even better. Um, and the Comedy Central ones are horrible. No, no, I, I, terrible. I disagree. They're, well, you oh. do you know that? Do you know that when they did the Dean Martin roasts, very frequently the roasters were not even all in the room together at the same time. Really but they would call people anyway. But my 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 point is, I watched the um I watched the Gilbert Gottfried final episode tribute that they did live, and that was just so great. And there were some things that were roasty, and some of the some of the folks on the dais roasted each other a little bit. Look, you and I could make fun of each other and yes. and make fun of things that are true. Like that that's what makes it funny. Like what made like Phil Hartman 
poking fun at Reagan being an old man is funny because Reagan was an old man. Well, and also right? because Reagan could be conceived as an evil genius, right? That's the thing. Right. If you're on the left, so, there is this right, But respect. that wasn't done. I, right. I remember it wasn't done with contempt for right. Reagan. Dana Carvey doing George H.W. Bush. Right. Even and He talked about, you know, by the way, a fly in the wall podcast yeah. that you've turned me on to. He talked about why he was so successful with his George Bush uh, uh, impersonation. It was, and he, and he he said something similar. He said it's because I because I did it with humor. Yes. I I didn't want to be mean. I wanted to be funny. Right. And that's what today's comics and Hollywood they don't get it. They they just want to be mean. It's uh, uh. Do you remember uh, in the during the eighty eight primary, um, uh, there was a Saturday Night Live sketch. You may not have been watching Saturday Night Live at the time, which it was the it was it was a Republican primary debate. And it was Dan Aykroyd as Bob Dole and Kevin Nealon as Pete DuPont and, and Al Pete Franken DuPont. as Pat Robinson. And, yeah. and, 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 and at one point, Dan Aykroyd doing his Bob Dole impression, you know, my good friend, Pete, DuPont, yeah. my, my good friend, Pierre DuPont, that's your name. Pete. <laughs> why are you calling yourself Pierre when your name, why are you calling yourself Pete when your name's Pierre? You know, it's, it's, it, but again, that was, that was the, that was the, 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 the funny thing uh, about this. Um, there was something else too, Jerry, and I forgot what it was. Um, because we're we are we are running short. What's uh what are you playing on uh, what what what's what's the Christmas music that you're playing right now? Oh, well, you know, I it depends on the day or, or the time type of day. Uh the morning, it's uh Christmas classics. So it's Bing, yeah. uh it's uh it's uh it's um Johnny Mathis, it's Nat King Cole in the morning, uh in the evenings, uh dinner time. It's a Christmas acoustic. Nice. So it's more okay. it's more uh, uh, modern artists and alternative mm-hmm. music. When I'm by myself, though, I go right to the Elvis. Do you do you have uh, recommendations on on Irish or generally Celtic Christmas music? Well, I, I tell you what, I have a I have a I have a playlist of. Is there uh, Celtic... a Pure Moods Christmas album? There's got it. Oh, I don't know. You don't remember know. Pure Moods? No, but Pure Moods but there, was like a. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. It was a compilation CD with yeah. all kinds but of there, new wave music. If you if you go to if you go to whatever whatever, uh, you know, music source you use, um, I I have a playlist of Celtic, uh, Celtic music. Uh, I have a playlist of of just hymns, yeah. play, uh, of old English Christmas. This at some look, point, I Jerry. Love, at some point, are, are the are the liberal churches going to change? And instead of calling them hymns, are they going to call them theirs? I guess so, right? Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> I wish I had the bell. That's exactly. Look at you. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Hey, up. hey, you know, so listen to something after uh, after uh, almost seven hours of recording today. It's it's all six hours of recording today. Uh, Jerry, when are you on this week? Uh, Thursday the fifteenth. I'm on ten to two at WBAL, and of ten course, and two. Sunday, Jerry, ten, ten to two. two, ten and two, baby. And uh-huh. then on Sunday, the Jerry Rogers Show. I tell you what, um, my shows have been great fun. Yes, best best shows I've been doing. Hey, you you could go to the WBAL website. They're all podcasted, and yes, go listen. They're all podcasted. Tell, now, I, I, said, I said this to Andrew. <laughs> if if anyone of importance was actually listening, like someone in the industry, yes, I'd be syndicated. 
I'd have a syndication like deal like you that. The kids because like it's, that. it's 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 radio magic yeah, I, is I, what I'm I, is I, what I'm putting I like out to there. Think, I'd like to think the same on my end. By hey, the way, we let's would, do a congratulations on, on. to our friend. Yes, we would be remiss if we did not pass on congratulations to Chris Carlheim, yes, producer extraordinaire. Uh, really finally getting the recognition that he deserves in terms of his contributions yeah. to uh, WBAL. So, so salute, uh, Chris Carlheim. Slancha. Um, Slancha, slanted uh, <laughs> to, uh, to Mazel Tov, uh, to, to Chris Carlheim. This is, this is, this Mazel is. Mazel Mazel. Mazel Mazel. Exactly right. Uh, I am, uh, I am uh, we new episode this week of uh, the, uh, the uh, lunch hour with Federal Newswire. Uh, 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 my guest, Jerry Rogers this week. Woo, it's well worth finally. It. Um, um I, I don't know if I told you this, Jerry. I've started leaving on either our podcast or the lunch hour podcast for the dog when I go out of the house. Oh boy. That way he hears my voice and he hears your voice. He's used to your yeah. voice as well. So so that's a good thing. I am uh, I am on for Larry O'Connor all of this week, 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. on WMAL. Uh, those are also being podcasted. So, so check that out. Especially talking to on Wednesday of this week, because I don't know when this is going to go up. Uh, Paul Reiser... We'll give the date. Don't say Wednesday. Well, Wednesday the 14th um, is the Paul Reiser interview, but that will be podcasted afterwards. And we'll make sure we get that. I'm so looking forward to this. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's uh, it's because you know, so I put the plug in here. You want to join me and possibly Jerry. I don't know if you've decided to do yeah, I haven't looked into it yet. I want to go see Paul Reiser Wednesday. Uh, I'm sorry, Wednesday, Saturday, January 21st at the uh, casino, Hollywood Casino in Charlestown, West Virginia. Uh, you know, we're going to go see, uh, we're going to go see Paul Reiser. Uh, Jerry, today's what do you com- want? T- today's, ki- today's comedians. Funny. Yes. Yeah, not so much. Not yeah, so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not so much. Um, um, Jerry, what do you want people to do? Oh, I tell you, find the truth, plant your feet and stand firm. God bless you. Have a great week, everybody. Have fun and please stay safe.